Chapter Twenty Three of The Rover Boys at School by Edward Straitmeyer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Bologna Times. Chapter Twenty Three: Balloting for a Second Lieutenant. Back to Putnam Hall at last. How homelike the place looks! Sam uttered the words as he leaped from the sleigh and ran for the main entrance, where Captain Putnam stood to receive them. He had heard of the accident and was fearful that one or another of his pupils might have been hurt. Thank Providence that no one was killed or seriously injured, he observed as he wrung each by the hand. Welcome, lads, and I trust you have all had happy holidays. The same to you, Captain Putnam. Cried one after another, and then they passed in to be greeted by George Strong and the new assistant. Cadets kept coming back for three days. On the following Monday, the regular school opened to end in July. Soon they were as deep in their studies as ever before. In the meantime, Dick had concocted a scheme for sending Josiah Crabtree on a goose chase to Chicago. Tom had a friend in that city, and he was. Requested to mail without delay a certain letter which Tom enclosed with his own. This letter was composed by Dick. It was written on a large letterhead upon which Dick printed the advertisement of the Midwest National College, Incorporated, doing the work on a small printing press used by some of the boys in getting out a school monthly. To make the letter even more imposing, Dick printed the body of it on a typewriter, which was used by one of the classes taking a business course. The letter ran as follows: Josiah Crabtree, A.M., Cedarville, New York, Chicago, January first, eighteen ninety. Dear sir, you have been recommended to us by a New York scholastic employment agency as a first-class teacher in mathematics, history, and other branches. We are in immediate need at the opening of this term of such a teacher, and will pay two thousand dollars per year. Will you come on at once, at our expense, with a view to closing with us? Our institution is a new one, but we already have eighty pupils of the best families of the Middle West, and are certain to have fifty more before the end of the year. We understand that you are a bachelor, which date just suits our wants. Kindly wire us and come on before Thursday the tenth, if possible. The two thousand per year is, of course, exclusive of board and suite of rooms, which we provide for all of our instructors. Yours truly, Andrew N. Bluff, LLD, President. If that doesn't make old Crabtree hustle, then I miss my guess," said Tom after reading the communication. He loves money too well to let that two thousand slide. Marriage or no marriage, even if he wants to wed, he'll go west to try and fix it up to hold the position anyway. The letter was posted to the friend in Chicago that very night. On the letter to Josiah Crabtree was placed an address in Cedarville, which was certain to catch him. On the following day, Captain Putnam announced an election for second lieutenant, Company A. Lieutenant Dorman will not be here any longer, as his family have moved to England. He said, "I trust you elect the best cadet possible to the office. The election takes place next Wednesday at noon." At once, a lively discussion took place. There were half a dozen pupils who wanted the position, and among them were Dick, Fred, and Mumps. "I ought to have that place," said Mumps, and on the quiet, he started to buy up votes 
where he could not influence them in any other way this move succeeded among the smaller lads but the big boys turned from him with scorn it must be confessed that dick was exceedingly anxious when the time for balloting arrived would he succeed or fail just before dinner captain putnam brought out a square box into which ballots might be cast the cadets will stand up in a row to be counted he said major connors will you kindly count your command eighty-seven including myself announced the youthful major after he had gone down the line and back with care are any cadets absent no sir very well then we will proceed to vote by having each cadet come up and cast a slip of paper with his favorite's name on it in the box the line will march in single file one pace from man to man forward the captain stood by the ballot box and up came the file major connors first and captain blossom following in a few minutes all of the eighty-seven ballots were in the box and then began the sorting out i will now read the result of the first ballot announced captain putnam holding up a paper with the figures and amid a dead silence he began whole number of votes cast eighty-seven necessary to a choice forty-four fred garrison has thirty-two richard rover has eight george granbury has fifteen john fenwick has twelve consequently nobody is elected another vote will be taken immediately after dinner and then the companies were reformed and marched into the mess hall fred garrison is ahead came in a whisper from every side good for you fred mumps only got a dozen votes came from one of the little boys he won't get my vote next time not mine chimed in his chum don't worry dick whispered tom the final result isn't reached yet somebody has got to drop out first the dinner finished the boys gathered in knots to talk the question over soon the line was reformed for a second ballot at that time fred garrison stepped forward fellow students he cried one word before you vote i wish to withdraw from the contest doing so in favor of two of my friends dick rover and george granbury i think those who voted for me before from the bottom of my heart hurrah from fred came from a score of throats and a cheer rent the air we won't forget you next time old man soon the second ballot was cast and amid another silence captain putnam read it off number of votes cast eighty-seven necessary to a choice forty-four john fenwick has seven george granbury has twenty-three richard rover has fifty-seven richard rover is declared elected second lieutenant of company a for the balance of this term a cheer broke forth and many of the cadets came up to shake dick by the hand among the number were fred and george granbury you beat me fairly rover said granbury a whole-souled fellow i am satisfied so long as such a cad as mumps doesn't get an office mumps was badly left put in tom see he is sneaking off to his room i rather guess he wishes he hadn't run i thank you all very much said dick his face glowing i shall try to do my best as second lieutenant three cheers for all the cadets of putnam hall and the cheers broke forth with renewed vigor dick you must do the square thing tonight said frank some time later 
What do you mean? asked the elder rover. When a fellow is elected to an office, he is supposed to treat his friends. All of the cadets will be sneaking up to your dormitory sometime between ten and twelve o'clock tonight. Indeed, Dick mused for a moment. All right, I'll be ready for them, Frank, but mum is the word. You will treat? I'll treat every cadet who shows himself and doesn't make any noise. Good for you. Then I can spread the word that it is all right. Yes, but Frank. Well, beware of mumps. If he heard of what is going on, I think he would try to spoil our game. I'll be careful, answered Frank, and hurried off in one direction, while Dick hurried off in another. Both had scarcely disappeared, then mumps came forth from behind a hall rack which stood close at hand. How lucky to overhear their talk, said the sneak. Will I spoil their game? Well, just wait and see. That's all. End of chapter twenty three.